0: Hi, this is Pastor Rick, glad you're with us today. I love On Demand because the Word of God is in your hand when you want it. So today, we're going to take on a Christmas theme, and it's from Romans chapter 8, verse 1, where it says, there's therefore now no condemnation of those that are in Christ. Now, I want to take that text and talk to you about Christmas, and I want to say basically that I don't believe that you need to carry any guilt for celebrating Christmas. I think there's something happy about it. I'm wearing my happy jacket okay. and I got some happy things to tell you about. So stay right there. Give me a chance. I got something things to share with you today that I think will lift your hearts and help you enjoy the holidays. So stay there, enjoy, and I'll be back to pray for you at the end, stay there. Well I pray you've been lifted today. I pray the holiday season is going well for you. I am a fan, I've been saying this all month of Christmas, I'm a fan of the whole holiday season. I like celebration. I like being happy. Now, for me, it's really cool because I am celebrating 40 years of pastoring here at the church and 41 years of marriage. So for me, I'm really excited about that, really happy to be the pastor of this church for so long. And I'm still able at 63 to run. I'm still strong, healthy, and I'm going to get healthier. I'm working on it. I'm I'm committed to making sure things stay right. It's a fight, though, but you got to fight for it because you want it. And I'm really happy. (laughs) I'm really, really happy. And I want to say this. The day's message is about that. It's about happiness. It's about getting away from something that can really oppress your life. One of the big issues we all face is staying happy, learning how to not allow the things to come into our life that press on us. I want to read a verse for you. It's in Romans chapter eight, and it's the the foundation of all that I'm going to talk about today. Romans eight, verse one through two. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. One more time. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now we could spend an entire conversation about this verse because it talks about condemnation, which is a, just think of of something that oppresses you. Uh, it judges you. It, it, it leans down on you. As a matter of fact, let me give you a quick definition. It's an act of judgment in which someone rebukes and denounces the action and motivation of others. So it's kind of like a person jumps on you and says, you're wrong. That's the short of it. And you feel this oppressive pushing down every time they talk to you, every time you think about certain things. It's it's a horrible feeling. Condemnation. Strong word. Condemn. It's the idea of being just under the gun. For some of us, that's how we feel. Moms feel that way, dads feel that way. You feel like you didn't do enough, didn't save enough, didn't work hard enough, the house is not clean, the clothes aren't washed. It's this constant push, constant pressure that makes you feel condemnation. And some of you live that way. We live that way and so it's almost, we get to the point that we cannot celebrate anything. So when Christmas comes or when the holiday season comes and we, we are supposed to be happy because we're celebrating the birth of Christ, which we have just, as I said earlier, that's not the official birthday of Jesus. Basically, it's a day we chose. The early church fathers chose this day. as a day to celebrate it in, in, in and uh, to counterbalance the winter solace solstice that people were celebrating for years. And I went through that whole thing the last time we were get together. But there is a, there is a joy in being able to say, we just opt to make this our day when we give Christ honorable mention and we, we, we celebrate his birth. We, we tell the Christmas story. And, and, and in the middle of trying to do that, there are these things that come up in the back of our head that describe what's not perfect about us. And it keeps you under, here's the word again, condemnation all the time. And I have to deal with this in my life because, as a pastor, you know, did you preach a good sermon? Oh, it's not good. There goes condemnation. Did you did you uh, lead the church in the right direction? Uh, there it is, condemnation. Did you did you save enough money? There, big word, condemnation. It's always something wrong. And sometimes you've been around people, and you know they're always bringing up what's wrong with you. There it, condemnation. They're not lifting you. They're always telling you what's wrong with you. And I really believe that Jesus came to free us from there, from that. He said, there's therefore now, present tense, no condemnation to those who are in Christ. The goal was to free you from the law of sin and death, to free you from the sense of legalistic bondage. Some of us have never been freed from feeling bad. We always feel bad about something, every day, all the time. And the holidays is the same. But imagine with me go into the land of fantasy with me and imagine a world where there's nothing to feel bad about. There's nothing to feel uh, under the the gun about. When I first heard this, I was a young college student studying theology. And when they explained Romans 8 and 1 to me, I was amazed. And, And combine that with Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When you put those two together, it was almost like there's nothing wrong with me because every sermon was about how bad I was or how I needed to pray more. Or I needed to give more. I needed to serve more. I never had this sense of freedom. And I think there's something about coming to a moment when you say, OK, how about a day off from guilt, a day off from shame, a day off from feeling condemned, a day off from blaming yourself because your kids are a little crazy? or blaming yourself because you didn't do something you thought was really important, you didn't finish college, or you didn't get a degree, or whatever. There's something about being able to say, today is a condemnation-free day, and I'm going to live in a condemnation-free state. And if I understand how healthy that is, it can transform my life and your life. Let me give you, if I can, a, a two ways to view condemnation that might help you kind of put it in perspective. Number one, you can view condemnation as something you in your past. You can come to a point where you say, you know what, I'm going to put that attitude, that way of thinking behind me. I'm not going to allow myself to live in that weight. Or you can view condemnation as something that you were freed and justified from. It's in your past and you were secondly freed and justified. Romans 5 and 1, wherefore being justified by faith. The word justified means to be declared legally okay. It means the judge came in and says, innocent, no more guilt. And that's what Jesus' death on the cross was about. It's about celebrating him, celebrating life. So the question then is, why do we push this on people? I I think sometimes there's a need to, uh, especially if you're preaching, to find fault in the audience somewhere, to emphasize something. The whole Bible message somehow becomes this message of, let me just spend the next 30 minutes to an hour finding and listing your faults so you can feel bad forever. And that's the goal of the sermon. If we're not careful, even in engaging people, we're hunting for a weakness that we can highlight and focus on. We do the same thing with our kids. And so everybody lives under this feeling of of guilt. Now, you can let that live or you can say, Jesus died to free me from that. And so when I come to celebration, I can come with confidence. I don't have to feel bad. I don't have to apologize. I have to apologize for living a good life and being a happy person. I can really be a happy person. It's okay, And there's something powerful about that. Now, there are times when you have legitimate guilt. Which means you did do something. Which means you are walking in a pathway that is wrong. And I think that's important to recognize. There's some things you should feel badly about. There's some things that I have done, the choices I've made, I talk, you know, that were not great choices. I was talking the other day to you about the garage cleaning process I went through. I had a, a big clean out of my house, things that I think I needed to throw away because my kids are gonna throw it all away anyway if I died. So I went in my garage and I had some big storage area and I, I, just, I trashed all, I mean, 95% of it, 98%, really almost all of it. Books, I gave them away. I'm never gonna read them, I've read them already. So I gave away just hundreds of books, I gave away a bunch of stuff, and it's amazing. I had to say, okay, Ricky Temple, you did that. that that's, and I felt pretty, when I looked at some of the stuff I was saving, bank statements, investment statements, it's like, dude, this is 10 years old. You're not gonna, you don't need this anymore. Everything is digitized now. Why are you saving it? Because you're trying to keep good records. I understand that, but you, but, and I looked at it and I, it was a fair, bad feeling moment. There are bad feeling moments. You say things you shouldn't say. You should be, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Peter even says something about being, you know, if you suffer for something that you cause, then that's fair. There's something about being able to admit this is fair. So I'm not trying to free you from feeling bad about things. As a matter of fact, some of us need to feel bad about some things. And the Bible says in 1 John, if you confess it, 1 John 1, 9, then he heals you. There's something about embracing this is fair some of the things that you feel bad about, they're fair and some are not. And I really believe one of the great lessons in life is to be able to identify that. But on the second side of that, okay, so here here are both of these, there's a moment when you have what I consider fair, fair guilt, fair condemnation, you did do it, you saw it, you repented for it, you said, okay, that was wrong, spent all my money, put myself in all this debt, didn't clean up my garage, kept all these records I didn't need, All that is fair and true. House is junky because I'm a junky person. Okay, that's fair criticism. That's fair. And and I should feel, watch this now, big word, pressed on that one. That's healthy to admit that. But there's also what's considered unhealthy condemnation. And that comes from bad thinking. My thinking process in my earlier years, even as a pastor, as a young man, which is wrong. I, I had had the wrong view. And and God has been working with me for years trying to get my head in the right place. So you need I need to get Ricky from here to there because Ricky's in the wrong spot. And it manifests in areas that don't make a lot of sense. So there are areas where I'm feeling bad when in reality, I shouldn't feel badly. Classic example during the holiday season. Why are you feeling bad during the season? I think that's unhealthy see- unhealthy thinking. There's no reason for me to feel guilty because I want to give a gift or because I want to hang with some friends or because I want to have. There's nothing wrong with celebrating life. Unhealthy thinking makes you believe, you hear this now, that all I'm supposed to do because God is so insecure, all I'm supposed to do is think about him. If I, don't think about any- if I ever think about anything else or sing about anything else, or dance to anything else, So somehow he's just bothered by that. I, I don't live under that. That's unhealthy thinking. There's no place in the Bible that says that I can't have a life that includes God and that honors God, but that also honors our veterans or honors young people or honors honors, you know, the, the importance of the environment. I it's okay, it's okay for me to to celebrate and embrace life. I don't there's nothing wrong with, you know having a tree and putting a tree up in your house. And somebody says, ah, okay, if you don't want one, that's fine. Romans 14 says fine. You don't have to have one. You don't have if you don't want to celebrate the day, that's fine. But what I think has become so apparent in in our lives is unnecessary guilt. We carry enough. We don't need unhealthy thinking. We don't need religious influences that force us to think in ways that are unhealthy. We don't need any other taxes put on our emotions. We don't need any of that. And I'm telling you, for me as a pastor in particular, I have really, not just a pastor, a dad, as a father, as a husband, just as a man, there have been moments when I've carried unnecessary condemnation. Again, if it's healthy and fair, fine. I spent all the money, I couldn't pay the bill, I feel bad about it, that's fair. But there's some of you that have done everything you can and, and you're in environments where they make you feel bad because they want you to do more. Everything is about more and more and more, and you never settle. I'm shocked, and this is a big surprise for me, and I'm being really transparent here. I'm shocked at how easy it is for me to feel bad. I'm shocked. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that I can can get up in the morning and, and, and just without warning, be attacked with a thought. You know you didn't do that. You know this isn't done yet. You know, you know, and it's just this incredible weight of emotion that can just drown you, and so I think we need to back up our trains a little bit and ask ourselves: Are we creating environments that that basically nurture an unhealthy way of thinking that breeds tons of condemnation and guilt? You, I mean, I just don't think that you should listen to me teach and somehow come away worse than when you started. I don't think think that our relationship should be one that leaves you oppressed and feeling less than. It should be uplifting and feeling more than. That's what we should bring to each other. But if we're not careful, we become prophets of condemnation. We become bearers of guilt and shame. We everywhere we go, we load up on people. And you see this a lot in religious people get really close to God and they, uh, they walk in and the Lord tell me and they want to just tell you something. The Lord told you to push you down. And you just feel so weighted when they finish, you don't feel free. There is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ. He came to liberate us and to free us, to justify us. So there's no more of that. Now I want to close with three things. I want to say three things are yeah, three things here that I think are questions that people ask me especially during this season that I think that are loaded with guilt and condemnation. Now I've learned this, people can ask you a question and the question can weigh you down. Just the question. So how long has your hair been that ugly? That's that's wow. Wow. Bad that, powerful question. How long has it been that nappy? Has it been, it's not naps every, really? You know, you ever had somebody do this, they'll walk up to you and they'll say, are you wearing that? Are you going to wear that? Wow. And, and it's, I, I've had every now and then, I've had a person, uh, I'm thinking of one incident, I was someplace and, you know, people just look you up and down and don't realize they're doing it. They just, wow, it's just like, wow, what happened to you? And so the question they ask you, even if they do it in their face, you immediately go to this bad emotional space. Condemnation, you're not dressed properly, you didn't, whatever. And so you start carrying this thing. So there are things that, especially around this holiday, that people ask me. So let me give you those three questions. Number one, here's a question. Are you leaving Christ out of Christmas when you give gifts? That's the question that people have asked a lot. So I want you to notice, again, the question has, there's something, um, they call it anchoring. That's that's what they technically call it, where you say something with the intent of anchoring a thought in a person's mind. So let me give you an example. So let's say you wanted to uh, uh, buy a phone, a phone, okay? And you want to buy this phone, and I say, well, you know, this phone is normally $500, um, but I'll take $400 for it. Now, they might have wanted to offer you $100, but they've anchored in your mind 500 and 400. They anchored that. So you wouldn't even think to offer less than you see four or $500. So th- that's how anchoring. Salespeople do it all the time. They'll say, Hey, we got a great sale today. $29.99 is normal price, but we're going to give it to you for $15. See, they've anchored two numbers in your mind. And the goal is, you know, you can't go below those numbers. Preachers do it when they raise offerings. We need everybody in here today to give at least, at least $50. But if you can't at least give 50, so I've anchored 50 in your mind. So you can't, you feel guilty less than 50. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, preachers. But that's, that's, I understand. And I'm not saying you shouldn't tell people what you need. Don't get mad with me. I'm simply making a point. So when a person says to you, are you leaving Christ out of Christmas? There's an anchor. The implication is somehow I'm leaving Christ out of Christmas. And, and then they throw in when you give a gift. So if, so now we've made Christ and Christmas and gifts all kind of, you know, in competition as if they are in competition. Why can't I honor Christ and Christmas and give gifts? Why is it that I've got to have either or? Why have I got to have this big don't give gifts, just celebrate Jesus? Why do I have to do that? But again, what we do is we anchor and then we use that to anchor and we, we impose guilt. Now, I've heard that question a lot. Here's a second question. Are you worshiping an idol when you talk about Santa Claus? I've heard that one. That's a good one, too, right? right? And, and by the way, St. Nicholas, as I said to you last week, was a guy who was a preacher guy, right, who traveled around and gave gifts. That's where the whole, whole thing started. And then it was perpetuated by other people and church people, by the way, um, ministers. And I said all this last week. But the point I'm making is, no, no more than you're worshiping um, Bugs Bunny. See, here's what I think is important. If you make it your goal and your priority to somehow attack everything around you in the culture and you become known for this attack on the theme of Christmas and the holiday season and anything cheery, uh, you know, you you really can lose the ability to help people and to be heard because what people feel is a sense of, here it is, big word, condemnation how about let's talk about something else how about let's lift our minds beyond that why don't we just say we've chosen to honor Jesus during this season and that's it and we can just all the other traditions that may not be our preference that's your preference fine but we're not going to somehow make it a big deal we're not because here's what I believe If I'm honoring Jesus all year long, Romans 12 and 1, I gave him my body, I gave him my mind. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice to God. If I have done that all year long, he is not in need on Christmas, it might make you nervous, or Easter for some special big moment. Don't get nervous. I didn't say those days were wrong. It's great. I celebrate all of them. My wife said something to me that's really powerful. She said, Every Valentine's Day, she says this. She says, You know, you you, you honor me all year. It's not one big moment that you show up and go, Oh, oh, let's celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. It's Easter. Oh, oh, boy. Let's celebrate the birth of Christ. It's Christmas. No, my wife says, Ricky Temple, you spend time with me every week, all year long. Romans 12 and 1. Hear it again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice to God. In other words, give it all to God, and then you won't have to be so focused on one holiday as if if I don't do it here, boy, and if I don't stop everything and just focus on Jesus one time, then I'm not really being a super Christian. Oh, God, hope you got that. That's why Paul said it, and again, I'm going to read it, Romans 14. He says, one person condemns one day, One person endorses one day, one person considers one day, and another one doesn't. It's up to you to decide when. But my suggestion is love him all the time. Love him all the time. And therefore, you don't have to be so defensive and so spiritual in your declarations on this season. You see, really, it says a lot about you. Because if you only get joy out of saying, well, I'll tell you what, I ain't giving nothing. I'm just going to just celebrate. I'm celebrating Jesus. Forget everybody. I'm just, you know, forget all the gifts and all that. Now, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. That's up to you. But I'm saying if you're not careful, you pull your pants up, you your chest out and you feel like you're better than everybody and you condemn everybody that does and you go taking down Christmas trees and throwing them away because i get that tree out of here. That's the devil. And now you're saying, Boy, look at me. I'm really a lover of God. I'm demonstrating my love to God. But God would say, Come on, I haven't heard from you all year. Or come on, if you love me, I see it. You don't have to condemn everybody. For those of you that are like me, who say, Pastor Rick, you set me free today, this whole series has helped me see. God's not insecure if you love him with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, he knows it. If you're totally sold out, he knows it. So why don't you focus on that? And that's the truth. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. We're coming up on a whole new theme, getting ready for a brand new year. And I have a lot I want to say. I'm going to talk about the truth. Next week, I'm going to introduce you to our theme for next year. You know, there's, there's, a, there's something that I love. In John eight thirty two. he says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. It'll liberate you. I want to talk about truth next week because what I've said today is the truth. It liberated me. If you ask me out of all my training, all my theological training, what blessed me the most all the years from a freshman in college to today, I would say Romans chapter 8 and Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Because what they said to me was God wants me free. And that's the truth. That's his big plan for my life. You may think he wants me to go evangelize, he wants me to preach. Yeah, all that's great. But he wants me, Ricky Temple, Ricky Ricardo Temple, to be exact, free. And so that's the truth. And that's what I need to keep in mind. You know what the problem is for a lot of of us? We are not facing the truth. And that's what I'll talk about next week. What is the truth you need to stop running from? That you need to stop, embrace and accept and implement in your life? What is the truth? I want to take you on a journey for the next several sermons where we talk about the truth. The truth about church. The truth about your family. The truth about your children. The truth about your resources. The truth. What's the truth? And if we can stop for a minute and face the truth our lives can change no condemnation no guilt get up in the morning and simply say I feel good about me and that's been made possible because he died on the cross so I don't have to carry the guilt of my past the guilt of whatever I feel in this season I can celebrate my life and the God I love let me pray for you father I pray for those who've heard this message today I pray that what we have said rings a bell in their soul. There is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ. There is therefore now no guilt, no shame, no weight, no sense of imperfection, because you're the perfect one. You didn't ask us to be perfect. You asked us to just continue to grow, to strive to become what you are, but you love us all the way there. i rebuke the spirit of condemnation that has laid in the life of many people listening to me today. Jesus died Romans 5 and 1 says he came he justified us by our faith in him it's like a lawyer like the judge said you are justified the lawyer said you're guilty and the judge says no I hereby justify I am free from guilt and shame so I embrace this season I embrace my future with confidence and no fear in Jesus name amen hey listen thank you for joining me today I pray that this lifted you I pray that it gave you a a moment to say to God I want that in my life I want that kind of freedom I want to be free from guilt and shame I might have carried it all last year but I don't want to carry it not one more day I might have felt bad about what I wasn't I might feel bad about what I didn't accomplish I may feel bad about my education but not one more day because he died to free me and so I'm going to celebrate this season I'm going to celebrate God's goodness in my life and I'm going to be a happy person put on my happy jacket and dance before the Lord with joy Father, I declare that in Jesus' name. If there's somebody out there that needs to do that, let this moment be the moment they say, I surrender my life to God and I, I open my heart to that kind of freedom in Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed our talk about condemnation and how God doesn't want us to have, carry any of that stuff in our hearts. And it's so easy during this season to feel guilty. Church people especially, I don't know why we pushed on people that's guilt that you're not honoring Christ and that, Jesus is mad if you have any gifts. So please, come on, stop all that and just enjoy your walk with God. I believe he called us to freedom because he died for us. He paid the price. And so you enjoy your holidays. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those today who are celebrating the holidays. Some are grieving because they've lost loved ones. They've got their reasons for it. But we pray that whatever their circumstance, they lay it all at the altar, knowing that Jesus died so we'd be guilt-free. We can walk before him with a holy and a clean heart knowing that he has forgiven us and given us a right to be free. So we celebrate this holiday thanking you for your grace and forgiveness in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessings to you. Have a great holiday. I thank you for tuning in today. I'll see you next time. I got more things to say down the road. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.